Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Calcio's Pantheon. As always, I am joined by the founder of the Deutschland Football Hour and also fellow journalist Elliot. How are you doing this afternoon? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, as always, we had another exciting weekend of football. And as always, we're going to just jump right into the topics that have just happened. And so, up first, we are starting with Inter's 1-0 win against Atalanta, which took place this afternoon. Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to see the, the whole match, although I, I did see the last uh, half hour. Um, it's, it seemed what you would expect from Inter at this point in the season. You know, we see them in a good position with the title race. Sorry about the dog. Uh, um, and obviously, they're they're in a good spot right now, considering their table position. The Bata comes back for Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta are the better team uh, throughout uh, pretty much the entire game. And I think to a certain extent, Inter were kind of lucky to only have uh, to have got all three points. Uh, Skriniar gets that goal, uh, largely to the circumstance of that uh, of that situation. But honestly, Inter, you know. AC Milan looks better this week. A lot of the other teams that are kind of going for where Inter are at right now look in that sort of situation and Inter get the points. So they get the job done. Uh, another good performance from Conte uh, and Inter, especially because of the way they uh, not necessarily played their best, but they got the result and that's what matters. Yeah, exactly. Like, I actually was only able to watch, like, certain portions of the match because we had a lot of stuff going on in the house today, so... Um, from what I saw, obviously, Atalanta were all over Inter from the start of the match to the end. Um, I mean, yeah, we got all three points. They were still sitting six points clear, which is definitely a good thing. Um, yeah, no question. Yeah, um, but just that we were getting our butts kicked today. I mean, we were lucky to have Skriniar going out there and busting his chops and he scored the goal which secured it for us so in my opinion he gets my man of the match in this one so spoiler alert for anybody who reads my article later but um, I mean it's good that we beat a uh, Adelante side who was finally back at 100% because like I said with the injury of Sabata uh, last week, or I think it was like a week before, um, it was unsure if he would be 100% for this match, and he was fortunate to come back because I wanted to beat this team that is 100% versus that of saying, oh. Yeah, but in fairness, they aren't 100%. Zabata played, but he he's not at full fitness yet. You could, you could kind of see that in the game. He had a few opportunities to score. But you, you still see that there's, there's, there's a little bit of, of fitness needed to get him to where he, he usually is and the way he usually plays. But the, the team, the, the important thing is you beat them with Zabata. Even if it's a, you know, 60% Zabata, it's, it, it, it means more, you know, in comparison to beating that, that Alonso team without him, who, yeah, I know they beat Cretona, um, but, you know, everyone seems to beat them except Torino. Um, but, but you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, at least we got their full squ normal squad versus that of if Zapata was out and it wouldn't feel seeming ha feel as convincing as it was. 
um, has um, next week uh, in turn take on, I do believe, Hellas Verona. So I feel confident going into that match. And That's still a tough game, though. That's not like Parma or something like that. Yeah, exactly. But so I feel kind of confident going into this match. If we are able to take on Atalanta, uh, yes, Verona have given us issues in the past, but we'll see how it all plays out. But I, I feel confident going into this one with the momentum that we're taking into it. Yeah, you, you should. I mean, you're, you're top of the league. You're playing better than everybody else. You haven't lost in a while. Uh, it's, it's all the cards are in your, are on the table for Inter. You should feel confident in every match. Even if you play Man City next week, you should feel confident. Just because the way you're playing right now is, is you're just in, you're just in great form, and um, you you, you got to continue to drive that. And uh, obviously, Conte deserves a lot of um, uh, praise for for the way he turned this team around. Obviously, he was he was in the doghouse after the Champions League, and what he has done is is uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's, I won't say as far as a masterpiece, but considering all the expectations of this season, for him being able to deliver um, what looks like he's going to be a Scudetto um, is, is truly impressive. And as good as Inter, they're not, they're not in this situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, I mean, I'm happy, obviously happy with this result, despite Atalanta, like, outplaying us, but it is what it is in that one, but still we come away with those big three points, which I knew going into this match, it was not going to be one of those, like, close matches. Um, it was going to be one of those, like, we're going to have to fight to pop- win this thing, and we did what was needed, and we executed to perfection, and we get to go home with all three points, and I could sleep well tonight. <laughs> You, you mean easy matches, right? Right. Okay, you said close, because 1-0 is rather close. Give me a second. I'm going to go fetch a pen so I can keep an eye on my notes here. Uh, yeah, do what you got to do. Okay, unfortunately, I have no localized pen at this point, so, well, I'll just wing it. Um, But, yeah, uh... I mean, it's actually weird today. Um, I'm in the group chats. There's been a lot of stuff like it's bad when certain players are per- performing better than Vidal. Um, apparently, Vidal had some. I mean, he had some good moments of this match, but he's just been struggling to get back into like the squad and everything. I th- yeah. I think. In my opinion, Vidal is, should be a substitute, and we should just have Erickson like perform routinely because Erickson has worked his butt off to get to where he is right now. Because has if for those of you who haven't have been living under we know, what we know the story, he he came to enter um, he only because he was he was cheap. He wasn't uh, featured very much, and he was sitting on the bench a lot. And now he's not. We've we've just said this. We've just talked about this a hundred times. So I just wanted to summarize it very quickly for people who don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, because he went from being like totally depressed with what's been going on, but now he's just like coming to life. 
And so I think he should just be a routine starter from now until the end of the season just because he performs at a much better level than Vidal, although even though Vidal has some key moments, but I prefer Erickson over him. And even Gagliardini, at times I prefer him over Vidal just because Vidal can tend to get a little too sloppy and aggressive. I mean, the aggressiveness is good, but... Yeah, you don't, you don't, you probably don't win without it. I mean, you're, he's not the most important player, but the personality that he brings to the table is, is part of the reason why you're, you're having success because he's, he's been there and done that. But as far as, um, you know, playing week in, week out, he doesn't necessarily need to. I, I, it's a good sub to have because the doll coming off a of bench is a very, it, it's a very good situation. But obviously, for the time being, Erickson should stay there, and I don't think he should leave either. Unless they get a big, they won't get a big up for him. But, but I think if he continues to play like this, I think he can uh, rejuvenate his uh, his Inter Milan career with, um, you know, obviously with the season. And even though maybe. Lester say you'll probably go for him, or, or maybe. But I think for the most part, if, if an offer comes in, an offer comes in. But Inter shouldn't be looking to offload him necessarily. Again, when an offer comes, you listen. You, you listen. It's a, it is a business at the end of the day, so they'll make that decision. But I, I don't think they should. Because before, there was a conversation about, oh, Inter need to push him out. And I don't think, based on how he's playing right now, they shouldn't do that. But again... You still got to listen, but I wouldn't look at as I, – I don't look at him as a player that, that Inter needs to remove from the situation going into next season. Yeah, exactly. Unless there, there's, like, an offer made, he definitely deserves to stay on the squad because he's just improved, which makes me happy. Seeing him not get the playing time to being a routine staple, which seeing him finally smile has made a lot of us Inter supporters very happy. Um, yeah, 100%. So now we're going to go back into the week. Um, we're going to be starting off with the Saturday matches. Um, we're going to start off with the uh, side chick derby. <laughs> Spezia versus Benevento in a 1-1 draw. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of what we expect from this. Um, obviously... The other teams in that bottom part of the table are just playing better right now. Both teams are not playing well. Spezia and Benevento have basically been waxed the last couple of weeks. Um, they need some sort of momentum, and they need something from this game. And um, it looks like um, Benevento, wait, who scored first? Benevento scored first, I think. Yeah, it looks like Benevento was gonna was gonna. I forgot who scored first, but it, it looks like. Um, God, who scored? I uh, can look. Benevento, I can look Benevento. it up really quick. Sorry, I'm just gonna sound like a fool if I just guess. Yeah, just just check for me really fast. Scrolling. Uh. Uh, Benevento scored in the 24th minute. Okay, got it, got it, got it. So Benevento scored first. They were on the verge of pulling off a victory. Um, and then obviously Spezia comes up with that goal at the end to uh, to steal a point to say uh, it counted as a stolen point just given the fact that they were in that situation and then um, you know but points are very valuable to both of those teams who have lost their last couple games or at least 
haven't played very well. Um, so because of that, I think that uh, I don't know. Nobody's truly happy, but considering two teams in bad form, this is kind of what you expect from games like that. And uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, at least one of those teams is in uh, will be in danger of of the, the bottom if they don't start playing better. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I kind of expected this myself just because they struggled. Both teams have struggled to get like any momentum going recently. And obviously, going Benevento could have easily had a win here, but um, Spezia weren't going to go down without that fight. Um, and they got the goal in the 74th minute and were able to at least get a point out of this one. Um, as you just stated, obviously, one of these teams is going to be in real danger of going down at the end of the season just because. The current team, such as uh, Cagliari and Torino, have started performing at a much better level than we have been seeing them. So they are going to fight to the nail to get out of the relegation area. And just based on like the history and what we've seen from those teams, they should have no issues being able to do that. Um, so it's going to be close regardless of who goes down. But... It, it definitely ha- heats up as the rest of the season progresses in the bottom part of the table. Um, and that is kind of like one thing that I've loved about this season versus other seasons. Not only has the title race been really contested throughout much of the season, there's also now a real good fight going out at the bottom of the table. Whereas some of the seasons, it was pretty much cut and dry, except maybe one team that was, like, got out of it by just, like, a point or two. But this season, there's just more activity, which is one thing that I've been enjoying versus other seasons. Yeah, now that Crotone won this week, I think all of the bottom spots are up for grabs. I think potentially, if you look at this, I don't know, it's hard to look at Torino as, oh, they're not going to get relegated based on the fact that the worst team in the league just scored four against them. But um, I think that Calgary, given their form, probably has a slight advantage over the other ones, considering the strength of their squad. Because you look at the teams of uh, that, that you're going to be contending for this bottom spot, without question, um, Calgary has the best team, structurally speaking, where the other teams don't have a Jao Pedro, for example, or a um, Rosman Marin or a um, Kragno, players like that. The, you, you're not finding these players on some of the other bottom teams. So because of that, Calgary has a, a significant advantage in that area. Yeah, I think it's really going to come down to the end, considering how how you know how, how close is it. And Parma has a lost a game in three games. So it's all up it's all up for grabs. In fact, the relegation, in, in a weird way, the relegation zone uh, battle might be more exciting at by the end of the season than the title is. Yeah, exactly. Um, but still, like, I've really enjoyed this season just because of how close some of these things have been throughout, whereas other seasons it's kind of pretty much cut and dry. So I'm just excited that we are kind of getting excitement on both sides of the table. Uh, let's see, yep. what else? Uh Udinese win 2-0 against uh, Sassuolo. Uh, Sassuolo started the season great, and it's just not—it's not been the same 
at least as of late. Um, they're still still finishing the top ten, surely. I think they have a lot of talent on that team, and but I think it it may come to the point this season where it's time to break up the band. Um, I'm not saying everyone goes, but Berardi Berardi just deserves to be somewhere else. Locatelli obviously is going to be wanted by not only in Italy but in t- with teams outside of Italy. Um, Boga is probably the cheapest of the options. Um, I think there's a possibility that he still stays there. But um, I think based on how the season has gone, because the whole thing changes if they make the Europa League. If they make the Europa League, there's no legitimate reason for them to break it up. But now that they're, they're struggling and they're, they're having a really issue with, these, with getting points. Um, anyway, so, so that, that's sort of my takeaway from between the two. But obviously, Udinese, uh, another good, good result um, going forward. And I think that uh, if they just keep momentum going, they'll, keep, they'll be able to keep this thing together and get enough. I mean, they're not going to get relegated, but I think they can push through, not maybe to, not maybe mid-table, but, but enough so they don't have to look over their shoulder um, like they had to do during the beginning of the season. Yeah, definitely. Um, the only thing is, like, yeah, if they were, they secure a Europa League spot, they, there should be no reason why they have to disband the group. But just based on what we've seen, if they do not finish in that spot, which is going to be highly unlikely because they're 11. They, they won't because they're, Verona's ahead of them and have more points than them. And they're, even Verona's a long shot for the Europa League. So, so Swallow would have to catch fire and win every game the rest of the season almost to, to secure that. So I think it's, it's kind yeah, of unlikely. Yeah, so and besides, from between uh, ninth place and the Europa League spaces is a total of 11 points. So... Unless they get hot and hope to God everybody else chokes, it's definitely unlikely that they're going to do anything. So at this point, you would have to sell some of your – because some of these players, like you said, Berardi, Locatelli, deserve to be playing at a club that they could at least get into European football because they deserve that. Um, They don't necessarily need to see everyone. What I'm just looking at this from the empathetic point of view of these players that are on Sassuolo, which is a good team. They're going to be in the top 10 every year as long as Deserby's there. Um, the thing that I see with this is Berardi's been there since they were in Serie B. He got them back to Serie A um, and then continued to sort of improve and progress throughout this entire situation. So if one player deserves to leave, it's Berardi. And hopefully it's to a team in Italy. But that's not my call to make. Um the rest of the, Locatelli, he, I, I don't think that it's, he would be a – obviously, if he gets an opportunity to, to go somewhere else, then he'll get an opportunity to go somewhere else. But considering the fact that he's only, he's, he's only been there a couple of years and he's still fairly young, I think they could keep him there for one more season. But I'm guessing he'd want to leave. If one guy stays there, it's Boga, though, because I think his, his value have, have, have gone down a little bit. And it would be, you know, it would be an opportunity to come build with him. But I, I get what you're saying. They, they, they will probably have to, um, to not break it up, but, but maybe consider taking some high offers. Sorry about the sound. Everywhere I walk around, dog bark. Don't worry. Uh, just for the, the only reason why you guys are hearing dogs barking in the background today is Elliot 
is outside walking today because it's really nice out in both Chicago and St. Paul, Minnesota. So it, 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 he's enjoying the weather. So that's why if you hear any weird sounds, just bear with it. And so, yeah, we don't before though so it's it's not like a it's not it's not a, like it's not an inconvenience it's just and i i live in a quiet area i can find quiet areas like the only thing that like, you'll probably hear is dogs barking or or a, a dark a door closing but we've done this before so i know it sounds like exactly it. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen if you hear any weird sounds just bear with it um so because normally we're used to doing this stuff indoors obviously i do mine indoors just because it's kind of hard to since i don't live in a qu real quiet area so yeah that's why i tend to do everything in my room so anyway back to the point before my adhd severely kicks in um up next juventus win 3-1 against lazio uh, no Ronaldo, no problem. Um, come from behind victory is a really good uh, um, momentum shift, especially going into the game against Porto um, this week. Um, I think that this was a good performance. They didn't have to use Ronaldo. Um, they, they they rested a kind of a, a good portion of players while still taking the game seriously. And, you know, you just look at the situation and Maracha scores twice and so on and so forth. Uh, you go you go further in front, and um, you. I mean, it's going to be hard to close that gap at this point until that matchup against Inter. But uh, really, too. Um, but um, you know, it's it's just a it's a it's a it's a good performance. Juventus can feel good about that. Again, I'm good. Thoreau, fair enough. You made good subs. Again, I'm not going to give him credit that much credit because I don't think that. Um, again, we we talked about how I feel about. As a coach, coach only. As a player, I loved him, but as a coach, I just don't see uh, distinctively as that he's doing anything special that is making this event interesting because they're they've been underwhelming considering expectations. But this was a very good victory. Lazio uh, lose, um, and uh, and then obviously as regards to the Europa League um, and Champions League race, Alanta and um, Roma get a little bit more breathing room. They still have a game in hand against Torino. But Lazio have shrunk in big games. Sorry, not big games. Sorry. Some of the, those types of teams in the past. So maybe uh, it's in reality, it's, it's just still like I think four points between um, them. But you know, um, it's a very good victory for Juventus. I, I don't think you can you can say anything negatively about it. And they came from behind, which is probably the best thing of all this. And again, I'm sorry to do this, but Mobley has showed up for yet another game. That's, that's I think three or four games in a row. Lots you have a problem on their hands now. Yeah, exactly. Um, Immobile has just disappeared. I don't know what is going on. Like, I think literally that Bayern match really set, like, his mentality, like, on a downward spiral where he's not showing up where we normally would expect him to show up. Um, so, like, with everything that's going on with Lazio right now, I think it's going to just stem back. Like I said, in when that match happened, it's all going to stem back to that one match against Bayern. And just after that, the wheels kind of fell off, and they're just on a collision course, and it's probably not going to end well for them. Because um, right now, they sit, even though it is doable, they sit four points behind Napoli, 
for a Europa League spot, but just how how far are they from, from champions? Champions is a top five, right? So top, top four. four. So they are looking at a seven point gap. Okay, so if they win against Torino, they're getting ahead. It's still four, but that's that's still going to be difficult. Um, again, they they have to kind of win their next couple of games because uh, Roma obviously play a big game at the end of the month against Napoli. So you know what's probably going to happen there. So if Roma drop that game and Lazio keep a win from where they are now to down the stretch, then it's a, it's it's a different situation and they could close it easier. But if Roma start winning big games, at least one big game against Napoli, it certainly is, is something possible and it make it more difficult to Lazio. But yeah, Lazio, Lazio, but they have a game in hand. They can shrink it. But if they lose to Torino or something like that, uh, which would be, you know, borderline embarrassing. And the, the Immobile thing is weird because he wasn't a part of the Leroy Sanya amnesia moment where um, four Lazio defenders lost uh, all – they didn't know where it was. They didn't know what the heck was going on. Immobile wasn't a part of that. He wasn't in that area. He didn't, he was outplayed by Lewandowski, obviously, and he didn't play the to the level that we expect from a from a goal scorer like him. So I don't know why it's happening. But and and I'm not I'm not trying to take it away from him. But Immobile is going through a very difficult situation. Um, it kind of is a little bit reminiscent to. Uh, Obviously, uh, how Liverpool all of a sudden are all, all playing at home. Um, but, you know, Immobile just had it over the last, I don't know, couple, several games, he's not played one. Lots of need to fix that as soon as possible. Yeah, definitely. And I was actually talking to our good friend, Kicking Cleats, like his reaction. He uh, apparently threw a possible Nutella sandwich across the room again. So, <laughs> I mean, just, I, I mean, has. I we don't feel bad for Lazio except maybe some of the fans that we're cool with. Like it sucks to see that they're not as in the competition as we would used to see them. So I kind of we we want them we want them involved. We just don't want them winning anything or making the exactly. <laughs> if they finish fifth, I don't care. <laughs> it's just you know you know what I mean. We, you and I obviously we're not that fond of the club. We have certain we have certain people that we know that support the club, so we don't want them to do horribly. Like I don't want them finishing 15. I want them in Europe because they're a relatively big team considering European clubs in Italy. Um, so you have to look at this in that way. But we don't want them suffering like this. I'll be honest. I want I want a bit more breathing space between Roma and Lazio. Because I want to be, because they had that one year they finished ahead of Roma this decade, so it's one in nine years. And if we finish ahead of them this year, it will be one in a decade that they actually finished above us, and and things like that. So obviously, from a Roma perspective, I I don't want them doing too great, but I want them doing better than this. I want a Moba hitting the back of the net for starters. Again, I was cheering for Juventus in that game too, but I I just wanted I want a Moba to be performing at the level he was last season. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I miss that Immobile who was, like, just firing on all cylinders, but who knows? Uh, hopefully he finds that form again, but in, t- in the meantime, if you find Immobile, please return him to Lazio. It's somewhere in uh, Rome, Italy, at the Stadio Olimpico. 
whatever the address is. Um, and speaking of Rome, Roma win 1-0 against Genoa Salami. <laughs> you know, it's weird. I should be ver- I should be really happy with the way they played. Roma defended extremely well. Chris Smalling defended extraordinary. He was great in his back into the team. Um, and uh, you look at this situation, and um, first of all, Chris Smalling deserves to be, you know, he, he's probably, I, I'm not going to argue with, with England fans because they probably know more than me. He deserves a spot in the Euro squad. I think it's actually, actually ridiculous. But I, I don't think he'll get one because, I don't know, it, it's just, there's, there's always some stigma around players on the England national team, not named Jaden Sancho, that are playing outside of outside of England. It just it just lessens their chance to get in. Um, I hope he gets in. I would take him, but because uh, I, I think Southgate should at least be looking at him a little bit. He has he should he should come to one Roma game this season just to watch him play to make sure that just to see what what he's actually doing in Italy. Because I think, to a large extent, um, he's going to be punished because he's playing in Italy and not in. Like if he's at West Ham doing what he's doing at Roma, he would be on that on that list. Um, anyway, that's a whole different issue. But Roma defended extremely well. Um, again, there's there's all these positive things I can say. They beat a Genoa team that really really tested Roma at many points. Mancini was great um, getting that goal. Um, off a set piece, which I, I, I like the fact that we got that goal, but it's also very concerning because we talked about this. What is what is what is something uniquely special about Roma? Typically, they're counterattacking football. Right. So you would expect a counterattacking team to get on a counterattack at some right. point, right? There wasn't there wasn't one, and I don't blame this on Moriel. We don't have Jekyll right now, so he's being asked to do a lot. And he did score a goal that was all ultimately taken away by the JR. But, you know, Roma gets points. And I'm happy about that. It was an ugly win. Roma need to win games like that to push themselves into the Champions League. But at the same time, this team couldn't get on one counterattack. This is one of the best counterattacking teams at their best in, in England. Sorry, in Italy. And you can even push that further. At least European-wise, they're still like they, they still should be by all extensions consider a great counterattacking team. So for them not to get on it once concerns me because Roma just took the glue from the counterattacking football out. They didn't take it. Injury uh, to Jordan obviously affected that. And without Jordan, they couldn't got a one attack. Again, you can get by with getting a set-piece goal and a clean sheet against Genoa. That's fine. You can even do it next week against Parma. But when you're you're about to face one of the best counterattacking sides in Europe and Jack Tar, it's like it doesn't matter which players they have. They always play the same way. They're always able to, to make those moments. So I'm a little concerned with Roma's inability to get on the counter. Because, look, here's the thing. If, if they can't get on the counter, they need to figure out a different way to attack their opposition. They can't just hope to the gods that they'll get a, a set piece that, that, that they can score off of. It's, it's either you do that, you, you, you try to figure it out, you, you figure out a different solution um, in terms of spacing, in terms of Pellegrini maybe pushing a little further, where Jordan's asset in that attack is his ability to dribble and push up in position-wise. So that's what makes them so – because it always starts with Jordan. So you take Jordan out, you put Pellegrini in, 
And now it's, it's just not the same thing. And Pelican is a great player, but obviously his style of football isn't the way Jordan plays. And that's what counter So I would start either, you got to figure something out in that counterattacking area, or you, you start to use wing backs as weapons. Like we see with, uh, you know, with Hakimi, with Theo Hernandez, and with obviously the, the attacking ones that Roma have, Karsdorp and Leo Spinazzola. So they need to have a different approach if they can't get the story. Because Roman can't fall asleep and not get on one counterattack on, on Thursday against Shakhtar. They will rip us apart. And again, it will be close regardless. But we need to get something, you know, in these games. And without, without counterattacking play, Roma have to re- identify what they're going to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm actually surprised that I actually remembered the counterattacking thing because I'm like, try to remember. I'm like, hmm. Well, I, I, I mentioned it every week, so I was hoping you uh, <gasps> Well, we all know me and my brain. Come on. <laughs> but... I, I thought maybe you weren't going to remember, but I, I just wanted to throw it to you, give you an opportunity to... Yeah, yeah, but luckily for me, I actually did remember, so way to go me for actually remembering something. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is definitely a much-needed win for Roma. Um, obviously, you guys are continuing to p- keep your momentum to stay in the Champions League spot, because um, currently, Atalanta are sitting one point behind you, so it's a really tight race. Yeah. You beating them allowed Roman to You're go back welcome. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this is, but I actually, like you just mentioned, I'm worried about you guys for the Shakhtar game just because you're missing out on your key strength, your counterattacking abilities. Where, because with yeah. Jordan Virtut and a bunch Jekko and a bunch of these other players who are known to like set up those strong counterattacking possibilities are out. So you have to kind of like rethink that strategy and going up against a Shakhtar team who we all know, especially seeing them like at the end of last season in the Europa League and stuff, they are also a strong counterattacking team. So if you can't stop their counters, it's going to be very difficult for you. Okay, so what what I mean by that is I'm not actually worried about trying to stop their counters. We are we don't play open when we attack. So because of that, Shakhtar play open because they push everyone. We always have one or two stay back at least in a defensive position. So if we get broke on, we're there to deal with it. So the reason I'm worried is Shakhtar is an attacking minded team. They will go after us. And here's the problem. If, if Roma are going to, I think defensively we'll do fine because Chris Smalling is back, Max Kambula will be back, and um, Abanez may play, but he's still not at 100% yet. So defensively, Roma are getting a lot of the pieces back. But the problem is, if Shakhtar attack, we have to we have to we have to have a response to that. We can't just sit back and let them attack the whole game. We have to also attack them. So we need to be able to throw at them while they throw at us. Again, they play more open. They're more likely to be broke on. We're less likely to because of the way we attack is different. Shakhtar just throw every – they throw the kitchen sink forward. That's how they attack. Where Roma throw, you know, not everything forward, but they throw a lot forward when they get into this. And it's, it's dictated by spacing and the, uh, the Jordan's role, basically. So I'm, I'm worried about not being able to, to hit back when they try to hit with us. 
Okay, that makes issue. sense. Um, but Genoa still, even though they at one point they were in what eleventh place, but now they're in thirteenth place. Still, they're in a good position. They're not going to get relegated. Uh, yeah, they were in seventeenth earlier. So I mean, I think they're, they're not. Yeah, exactly. Be for sure. But the, definitely, they need to get back in winning form at some point. But just base. I am just happy that you guys were able to get the win, just because we want you back in Champions League next season. So I'm happy you guys got the result. Um, let's see who do we have next? Uh, Crotone, otherwise Croutons, win four two against Torino. Um, <laughs> I mean, all this stuff we said about. Torino, or sorry, Tertone last year, or last week, now, now, uh, <laughs> now is kind of, um, sort of towards Torino. Now that's their issue. It, it just like the whole idea was, you know, Cortona doesn't beat anybody. And that's why they're, they're already mathematically, at least mentally relegated. And then they put four past Torino. Um, so now he was his um, amazing quote <laughs> kind of applies more towards Torino than it does to Cortona. Um, they just show up and they just got, they got ripped apart. And by the way, this was one of the coolest games of the week. It was just like, um, I don't know how to explain this. It, it was just like a contest of who can score the most outrageous goal. <laughs> and obviously uh, Torino ended up scoring less amazing goals, but so, some of these strikes, that were shown shown off in this game were just outrageous. Like outside the box, dribbling over people, hitting rock into the, into the top corner, um, you know, completing counterattacks. It was just, it was a six goal thrill against two teams that aren't very good. Um, but Cotone, obviously, it gives them some life in the relegation battle. Where Torino now looks like more, they look like they have more issues than Barbara. Oh, but yeah, I mean, I'm just happy Cotone finally got a win because it has been forever since they've gotten in the winner's circle. So this was definitely huge for them in regards to like the relegation battle. Cause now, cause now with this win, it kind of makes it seem like they, if they are able to take the, what they learned from this match into the next few matches, they could possibly fight out of this thing. It might be unlikely, but now there's a real chance that they could do it. Um, whereas over the past few matches, it kind of looked like, oh, they're going to be done. They, As they say, they go into the matches expecting to be uh, dealt with. Uh, and just it's just nice to finally see something come out of this. And hopefully they're able to maintain some momentum and are hopefully able to get out of the relegation zone. But at this point... It's still unlikely, but there's at least some life into this team that, but they're still like I said, they're now there at least is some sort of life into this team that has been struggling for so long. Yeah, but the thing is, Parma is playing much better than they have in the past, and um, Cortone are. There's not a massive difference in in between the two, so if Cortone start winning. Um, I mean, I think I kind of thought there was only one spot really available in in that uh, sort of battle a few weeks ago. But then Parma, I mean, Parma like is, is starting to get points. 
Yes, they have lead, they have led in all three of their last games. So they could have nine points. They could be completely out of the relegation zone. Uh, you put Dennis Mann up top and let him play, then maybe that's not the situation. <laughs> Just a little salt there. But, um, but when you look at this, Crotone give himself a chance to survive. Again, I don't think they will, but they have a chance now because – just because, you know, the teams around them, they're able to close the gap slightly. And with Torino losing, they close the gap between themselves and Torino, which gives them at least a shot. I don't know if they'll do it. <laughs> I think it's unlikely that they will. But it's not over yet. They, they can feel like, okay, because imagine, imagine going to the, to the pitch every weekend knowing your fate is pretty much already decided. You know what I mean? Like, just imagine what Schalke feels like every week. They know they don't have a chance to, 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 to survive in the Bundesliga, and and they, they just have to – it's just hard to give yourself motivation from that. With Crotone, they have a shot to survive, and that's enough inspiration and push for them to go after and try to try try to do something. You know what I mean? Because they still have they still have opportunities to get out of this situation. It's unlikely, but this win yeah, gives them definitely. A well, in speaking of Parmigiano Reggiano, Parma end in a three three draw against Fiorentina. Yeah, man, my heart went out to Parma. I've been criticizing Parma for the last month because. Uh, you, you, we all know the reason, but the thing is, when when they equalized uh, Fiorentina at the end, I felt bad for them. I felt genuinely bad because I just did it in my head. They were ahead in this game twice, and then it looked like they were going to win the game because they scored, I think, in stoppage time, and then Fiorentina scored in stoppage time. And then the previous game, they were, I think, they had uh, they were leading at some point. And then the game before that, they were up by two and, and managed not to, to, you know, they didn't lose, but they they could have had nine points in the last three games. And they get beaten in, you know, just in the most tragic ways possible. And that own goal at the end, man, it's just watching that, it's just soul crushing because they were so close to getting three points over the last three weeks. And this was the time they were actually going to do it. And I'm watching this game. I'm like, oh, please hold it off. Just hold it off. And then, obviously, the own goal isn't, isn't the guy's fault, really, because of where the ball was. But I just felt bad for them. Fiorentina played okay. Parma was the better team in this game. And if Parma can just defend a little better, they'd be in a better situation. But more than more so than anything, Parma's situation is just, it was just heartbreaking. Yeah, exactly. How they lost um, I mean... Do you think it's kind of – I just hope Parma – I mean, they've been getting so close the past few matches, and hope, at some at some point something's going to give. They're either – As long as they don't, as long as they don't play a top-six team um, next week, I think they'll win. Let me check something. If they don't play a top-six team. Let's see who they t- – I'm checking who they take on really quick. Um, they take yeah. well. Parma, unfortunately, they take you on on Sunday. Oh, so not gonna win that game. But okay. Who they play? Of who course. Who they play um, after that? I'm just curious. Let's see. They face Genoa. All right, that's winnable. 
I think that's winnable. If they can do that, again, even if Roma aren't in the best moment, Parma's not – they're not going to beat um, – this Parma ain't going to beat uh, Roma, I don't think. But uh, a win against Genoa would be very good for them because, yeah, I can't see them taking any points this weekend. But um, the following week to end the month, if they, go, if they could get three points at the end of it, they got a chance to survive. And my guy, my guy Dennis Mann is not on a loan deal, so I need Palmer to stay up now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but hopefully, I mean, has just stated they're not going to probably get any points off of Roma, but hopefully they're able to like get points off uh, Genoa, who even though they they are also struggling themselves, but. I just hope they find a way to, to survive because it would suck to see them go down. Espe- especially yeah, I, since I I, I, sorry, they've ahead. been within Syria for a while and we've taken a liking to them. And so it would just suck to see a team that we kind of like fell in love with like go down back, go down into Serie B. See, this is the difference. Parma is like a main chick. We 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 will be we will, our feelings would be hurt a little if they had gone down again. If they go down, you know why I'm I'm gonna blame them on the whole Dennis Mann situation and the mishandling that. So if they go down, it's their own doing. But at the same time, I just would love to see Genoa. It's nothing against uh, Genoa. I like Genoa a lot, but at the same time, I I just think it will be good for the league if Parma still stays up there. And so I really hope that they do end up giving three points against. Uh, you know, uh, Genoa, but it's it just because if they lose that game too, it's gonna it's just gonna be tough, and they have to they have to figure out a way to to rectify that. I can think of a way, but I've mentioned it on every episode. But uh, you know, you just you just have to kind of hope that they they're able to at least get uh, something there. As far as Fiorentina, I mean, yeah, I'm sorry, I, I'm I'm just I, I'm just done with them. Uh, they, they they played they 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 seduced us a few weeks ago with the way they played against Spezia. They looked like the best team in the world, and then they just said, you know, they got that they got that own goal. But that was that was due to circumstance more than anything else. It's just you know, it's just, yeah, it's just definitely same old, same old, um, same old porn. Up next, we have Milan winning two zero against Verona. Yeah, this was a very good result for Milan after dropping points against Udinese. Um, they come up with with two um, two goals from um, Krunic, I think. Um, Verona's a good team. We know this. We know how good they are. They do take a lot of points off big teams. Um, so this was going to be a challenge. And without Zlatan, without Rebic, they managed to to pull it off. And I think this was a really good uh, performance from them. Uh, again, I, I think you have. You should be more concerned about Juventus than than AC Milan if you're just looking at this from an Inter's point of view. Of which team should I be more concerned about? I think it's actually Juventus, not because of Pilro, because of the, some of the players that they have with Ronaldo and them. And Juventus always just seem to to grind out those victories. Um, but AC Milan played really well uh, against Hellas Verona. Verona shouldn't be bent out of shape or anything like that because I think they're still in a good spot. But it was a really, really good performance for Milan, and they have to kind of take that going forward. They want to give themselves a chance because all they need is to wait for you to slip up and drop some points. I don't think that's happening anytime soon, but um, in the end, I think this was exactly what AC Milan needed to do 
and they got that result and they got that performance. And if there are games where you play poorly and win. And there's games where you play excellent. Yeah, and I mean, they good job well for Milan win winning this match things. after a bad result against um, Udinese last week, right? Okay. Uh, making sure I'm not losing it. Um, yep, that's but right. they did what they needed to do. They got the result. I mean, Verona, like you just said, they can't be really too bent out of shape about this um, result just because, yeah, they've been known to take points off of big teams, like especially Inter this last season. Um, but, I mean, they tried their best and they just weren't able to get any really anything in the back of the net which is unfortunate but this result was going to be tough either way depending on who ended up getting the momentum early on and just ran with it through the whole entire match um and if i'm and of course milan are also going to be competing on thursday in the europa league against manchester united so that should be definitely a fun one to watch um. <laughs> yep. Up next, uh, Sampdoria draw two two with Tagliari. <laughs> and the donkey of the week goes to Sampdoria. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, this is this was a great game. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and um. Uh, obviously, it looked like uh, Sam was about to, to run away with three points. And then horrible, horrible a goal kick goes right to, to Calgary. Horrible defense. Raja is right there, hits, hits his first strike of the season to the bottom of the corner. Um, and the goalie's not in the best position. And it was just, it was frankly, embarrassing how they conceded that goal. It kind of reminded me of... Um, Robin Olsen's uh, thing against Calgary a few years ago where Roma um, had, uh, you know, uh, they were winning and then all they needed to do is not concede on the last minute of the game and they kicked it right to the other team and scored. So it's, it's, it's very vaguely familiar to that. Um, but I, I just it, – it's just tough to lose a game like that. And it was just – again, I don't understand um, this whole thing because if you're in that situation, just kick the ball out of bounds. Because you're not going to, as far as I know, that's not. There's no rule against that. Second of, secondly, um, you know, you just, it's it, you just you you you're leaving it up to chance if you do it that way. And considering how that game had gone, you either kick it so far that no one can get it, or you kick it out of bounds. And yes, they can have an opportunity to get out from out of bounds, but if you kick it right to the other team, it's more likely to yeah, end up in the back of than if you kick um, it where no one is. I mean, Cagliari, it's good that they got a point here um, just because we need them to survive. I mean, it's one of those things that there are certain teams that we want to stay up. Uh, so... Hopefully, they're able to continue, even if yeah. it's small, like draws here and there, along with some wins. Hopefully, they're able to get that momentum going throughout the rest of the season and manage to stay up because literally it would suck to see them go down. Um, yeah, them, what's the, so, uh, what's the give point me a second. Right I just closed my relegation zone. Do you know? 
know where he's. Sorry about that. Usually I can just look this up, uh, but I don't have like a. Ooh, that would actually be a really cool thing. thing uh, we should work on inventing something like that. That would be cool. <laughs> Hang on, I gotta type in. I'm gonna leave that to Elon Musk. Oh, Standings. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, it's taking a while. I ended up closing my laptop because. It's a good. Hey! I was trying to conserve my battery life here because it's charging anyway, so let's see. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They currently have, let's see, points. There we go, because I'm checking the column. They have tw- they're two points clear of the relegation zone. Um, Torino have 20 points. Cagliari have 22. Okay. Torino does have that game in hand, uh, but it's against Lazio, which, I mean... We talked about the, the possibility of, of Torino um, winning that game, but also based on how they defended this week is unlikely. So all all Calgary all Calgary need to do is just position themselves with a couple of points over the next couple of weeks, and they'll slowly creep out of it. I mean, at this what, point, what do I don't think do they'll go down, down just as long as they are so. able to continue to get like results, even even if it's just a draw here and there, and just slowly work their way out of it, but. Like we said, there's still that possibility, but I at this point I don't think they will end going down if they're able to get results here and there. Yeah, there, there's certainly the possibility of it, no question about it. But at the same time, if you look at, like I said before, if you look at their squad compared to the rest of the teams that are in that position, I think they have a significant advantage. And I just don't feel like they will, but I kind of didn't feel like they were most of the time. Even when I mean I kind of kind of did when when they were losing every week, but once they started kind of performing better, there's just there's just a possibility there for them to 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 get relegated obviously. But I think there's a stronger possibility of them to you know fighting it off and getting out of it, which I think shouldn't be. They've been in Syria for a long time. Yeah, what well, was that's, definitely that's one team I'm not interested um, in seeing going down like that. And pretty much the final match that we're going to be discussing is Napoli win 3-1 against Process Lunch Meet FC, a.k.a. Bologna. Okay. I was wondering. I thought we forgot one because I thought it, I didn't talk about Bologna, did I? Uh, no, I mean, good good for Napoli. Lorenzo Insigne with a, a brace, child on a bicycle heading my way. Um, but um, it, it was just... Yeah, I mean, I think Napoli played really well. First and foremost, the, the the most important part of this game. Do you remember Osaman? How he had to go to how to be he had to be yes. taken to the hospital after uh, the situation against um, Juventus, or I think it was Juventus. So he got back. I don't know if he had played last week. I don't remember seeing him. Um, he got back. He got himself a goal. I'm happy for him. Again, I don't think they should have spent seventy-two money, seventy-two million on this kid because yeah, he's not. You know, it's not his fault necessarily, but he he has not been up to up to scruff so far. And he had um, obviously with, with with what went on, it's, I was happy to see him get into the back of the net and could have scored a brace, but totally scuffed it. But but getting back on the score sheet is good for them. And obviously, Lorenzo Insigne doing his thing, two goals, 
from the captain. Um, again, not a great Napoli team, but Insegna has done his part for the most part. Um, Bologna, it's not like they played poorly. I thought they played pretty well. It's just, I think on in that game, they um, it was just, it, they just didn't have nothing. To, I don't know how to tank, but they didn't have, just didn't have enough to pull it off. But in fairness, I mean, they had scored a they scored a um, a goal that was taken away after one of the I mean it was one of those horrible back passes that that basically he just kicked it to the back of the net uh, and all that if that goal stands and I think ultimately the right decision but maybe that situation just didn't uh, just frustrated them to the point where uh, they couldn't pull out the rest of it um, but again Napoli do enough to keep it up going and Napoli get uh, you know that victory. I think Napoli are more or less a Europa League team. Uh, I think I think that's that's pretty much what they'll be this season. Um, but uh, it's a good victory, back on terms, and just um, given uh, some leeway a little bit to get to. So again, I think they make this decision at the end of the season. I think they'll get rid of them. I think that's the wrong decision. But they get that victory to um, yeah, whatever yesterday or whatever. I don't remember what it was, uh, and uh, they pull it off. And that's a for, for Napoli's point of view. They just have to focus on the positives. Yeah, for one hundred percent. It's about security. Um, they, they basically did what they needed to do. I mean, it's a Bologna. Yeah, Bologna have been performing fairly well this season themselves, um, despite their current position in the table, which is twelve. But I mean, it, it Napoli should, was obviously going to win this match, despite the circumstances of not being like the Napoli that we have seen in recent seasons. Um, this, obviously, we all th- we've been discussing this, like, throughout the podcast, that Napoli have been struggling this season. And at one point, we obviously made a prediction that they were going to be in the top two, but that didn't end up happening. Um, but, well, I had them in the top two, so I'm the idiot. You did. I <laughs> there we go. Um, but, yeah, overall... They got the result. They did what they needed to do. Um, let's see. Who did they face next? What? <laughs> That's funny. I commented. I mean, this is this is kind of um, not uh, related to this, but I commented on um, a picture that. Uh, that uh, Bleacher <laughs> Report football put on nice. Instagram, and uh, I have 125 likes on my comment. <laughs> it was just a picture. It was a picture of just all these uh, great women's uh, soccer players, and then under Megan Rapino, it said uh, one Ballon d'Or. And I, I mean, not that this matters. Hello? I said this picture. Yeah, I just I just basically said Megan Rapino should have won the Ballon d'Or, and I gave my reasons. So yeah, so that's why you kind of conked <laughs> but, out. No, I okay. just that makes sense. Was, yeah, because I hate when that you happens. I mean? Um, yeah, Nap- yeah, Napoli um are taking on Milan next week, so that'll be a interesting Sorry. match to watch. Um, yeah. Ooh, that's a big one. That's uh, like um, 
Yeah, <laughs> like Hugh, actually, Hugh Lizzie, that, that, yeah, that's why they're in the, the bloody um, hell, big one. Prime, the like prime time spot, like oh. the two latest match on Sunday, because they're that. So if it's a good big match, yeah. Well, it's gonna be two forty-five because we spring forward an hour. The one forty-five one sweet. What? Uh, Interplay. Oh. When, uh, when, when is Interplay this week? Are they playing on Sunday? Too? I'm on, boys. Uh, we play at 9 a.m. on Sunday. <coughs> Roma play. Just while, you're, while you're on the computer, what? what also what time at nine play? in the I'm morning against Parma. While Inter take on Torino. Oh. All right, yeah, you know, that sounds good. I uh, I let on on Sunday. Woke up at four forty five to watch the game. Um, because so, the game was at five thirty. Um, no, but that that's a huge one because look, if Milan lose, then you kind of and you and uh and, and Inter wins, that becomes what it become nine points, so wouldn't it? Yeah. So, but if Napoli win, they can close the gap between themselves and, and the Champions League. Um. But I, I have a theory on this. If, if, if AC Milan win, you that, and I, I think Juventus are kind of in, in you know on, on on pace to sort of jump in if if they drop another. Uh, so I think if AC Milan uh, win, uh, sorry, if they if they if they lose this game against Napoli, they will fall out of the top two within a week or something because I think Juventus basically clinches top two. Not officially, but maybe if if Milan loses because that's yeah that's a that one is going to be a, a massive game. What has Danielle like to say? One. Snap worthy because <laughs> I will be definitely keeping my eye on this one too. Um, but yeah, Napoli got the result and good for them. And so it'll and then next week Bologna will be taking on Sampdoria at. 6.30 in the morning, so so yeah, then we obviously we have, then we obviously have the Europa League exactly, games, so um, there's going to be a uh, bunch couple, of football uh, tomorrow, going on this uh, week and so, Thursday. I mean do you have anything else that you'd like to discuss, or anything that you think the fans should know Um, I mean, yeah, not really. um, I could say, as always, really on behalf of um, this, has been another amazing edition of the Calcio's Pantheon. On behalf of myself and Elliot, we'll see you all on the next one. Bye, everyone.